Good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. I'm so happy that you're here today. Let's take our Bibles and jump over the 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Today, we're going to talk about accessing top secret files. Woo! Praise the Lord. And before we start, let me say thank you to everybody that has helped us to surpass, not just meet, but surpass the $50,000 goal of raising that amount of funds for our down payment upon the purchase of our new uh, property upon which we will build the world-class television studio. My friends, I am so thankful for your sacrificial giving, and I am praying over every seed that has come in and seeds that are still coming in that God will bring into your life the field of dreams that you desire. And it may not be literal land, or, or it could be. It could be a property. But whatever beautiful thing that you're wanting God to do in your life, I'm praying that God do a great miracle and that you see the hand of God move in your life in a very beautiful way. Thank you for helping us to reach this goal. And we're going to close on the property on Friday. When we do, I'll go out uh, shortly thereafter and uh, shoot a few little short videos to show you how beautiful this property is. Hallelujah. I'm very excited about it. And and some special things about the property. Praise the Lord. We already have wonderful plans for it. But again, thank you for your giving. I'll be sharing more news about this in the uh, soon coming days. Praise God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, let the light of your Holy Spirit illuminate the Holy Scriptures. We have come to consume heavenly manna. We have come to eat spiritual food, and we ask, O oh God, that we can see it and receive it, and we thank you that it's building faith, and we thank you for the miracles that you are doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy, for he who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now, when you prophesy, you build up others. But when you speak in tongues, you build yourself up. So you can minister more effectively to others when you yourself are built up. So if you'll take time to pray in tongues, to speak in tongues, and to have fellowship with God, then so often when you go out, you'll find that the gift of prophecy, which is for edification, exhortation, and comfort that will flow out of you, and you're building others up. But you have to be strong to build up others. Praise God. Now, I want to take a closer look at verse 2 today. I know that many of you have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, but I want us to drill further into this rich oil reserve because this verse has really been producing for me, and I know it'll produce for you too. And I want us to look at something special that it's highlighting. For he who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks what? He speaks mysteries. One translation of the New Testament says he speaks divine secrets. 
This is very, very important that we know how to get into this area of working with divine secrets and opening up these ministries. It's almost like reading top secret files, and these files are going to be pertaining to your life. This is why this is so important. When I was studying this, I could not help but think of World War II and the problem that America had, particularly with the Japanese who could just crack any secret message code that we would have. And you've got to get information to your troops. And uh, most likely that information, no matter how hard you try, is going to get intercepted. And they're going to be able to get their hands on it. The problem is, even if it's encoded, they're breaking the code. And so the Germans would break the code, uh, and then the Japanese, they would crack the code. And so there was a man, though, that had an idea. This man, his name was Philip Johnston. And it's very interesting because of all people, he was the son of an American missionary, and he just happened to grow up on an American Indian Navajo base. Well, Mr. Johnston was actually a former World War I veteran, and he had seen some very small-scale usage of the Choctaw Indians uh, helping out the U.S. military in World War I with some code language, but that never really got any traction, uh, only helped a little bit. It was never used uh, in a major way, but that all changed when the military saw the potential of the Navajo language, and so through the branch of the military known as the world-famous Marines, they brought in initially, I think it was like 29 uh, of these Navajo Indians that wanted to enlist, and they brought them in, and they just didn't give them a free pass. They, the, the Navajos that came in, they all went through full basic training, they learned full weapon systems, and then they were put into advanced areas of communication. So it's not like they were just talking on a radio, you know, in their language. You know, they're learning radio, they're learning communications, and some of them even died in battle. Uh, all in all, I believe there were 420 of the famous Navajo code talkers. And when they began to use their language uh, to carry secret top secret American messages, the Japanese never could break the code. It just completely bewildered them. The thing with the uh, Navajo code, uh, code talkers is that the Navajo language has never in the history of the world ever been written down. <laughs> so if it's not written down, how, how do you even work with it? So it also has no alphabet and it has no symbols. So you're, you're, if you're going to try to interpret it, where do you even begin? How do you translate something that's almost, it's like it's only in the air? <laughs> well, that was the problem. And they never, the Japanese never did break the code. Very, very fascinating. My friends, you need to understand that in times of war, in spiritual battle, it is imperative to be able to receive top secret information and that you understand it, that you can, un that you can know what's going on. Whenever you begin to pray mysteries, whenever you begin to get over in tongues and utter divine secrets, I say with great assurance that the devil has no clue in the world what you're talking about. 
It is God's code language that will never be broken by any demon. And it's your spirit, your heart communicating directly with God. Praise the Lord. Now, if I hear you speaking in tongues, that doesn't benefit me. That benefits you because you're charging your battery. The only way it would benefit me if there's uh, the gift of interpretation that would begin to manifest or so forth. So these are areas that God has given for your great spiritual enrichment and building up. And when you pray in the spirit, the enemy is left out completely and doesn't know what's going on. I really do think that some Christians, they give the devil uh, too much credit and he, he is an outlaw rebel spirit. He is a spirit being, but that doesn't mean he's spiritual. He's spiritually dead. And so we need to understand that when it gets over in the area of something of the Holy Spirit, he cannot get into that realm. We see in verse 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 concerning wisdom and hidden wisdom, it says that none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, there are some that would suggest that the rulers of this age would be uh, in that in that time period would have been like the religious leaders that really pushed for the crucifixion of Jesus or Herod the Great or the other Herods that branched out later and were ruling over the area of ancient Israel. But really, most scholars do believe that this is not referring to that, but rather to the same type of language that the Apostle Paul used in other New Testament letters in which he is referring to those in the realm of darkness. This would be demons, evil spirits, and so forth. This would include Satan, who Paul called the prince of the power of the air or the God of this world. So Satan and everybody underneath him in his dark kingdom, none of them had any knowledge of what Jesus was really up to. And the stunning thing about that is that God knew about it before he ever even created the world. God knew that he was going to send Jesus, his son, into the earth before the earth was even created, <laughs> before man was ever created. All of this was planned. All of this was mapped out. And even with the Old Testament scriptures and all that was said about the coming Messiah, Satan still couldn't get it. And all of his advisors around him, they still could not figure out what this whole thing was about. And by them crucifying Jesus as a sinless man, they sealed their doom for all eternity. Oh my goodness. And Jesus secured our victory forever for anyone that puts their faith and trust in him. Woo, glory to God. It's incredible. Hallelujah. But there is so much that God wants you to know that he veils from the enemy, even veils from those in the world that God wants you to enjoy and experience. And you can unlock a lot of that by praying divine secrets, by praying out these mysteries. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's look at verse 7 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And it says, We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Verse 9, For, uh, excuse me, but as it is written, I has not seen, 
nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, you love the Lord. He has prepared things for you. Some of these things are so wonderful, but you know what? You need to know about them. And that's what happens when you begin to pray in uh, tongues. What can happen as you are consistent with that and persistent with that is suddenly there comes like a locking in of your mind and the light goes on and the, uh, those treasures that God has deposited in you, the, the plan that God has cr- developed and tailor-made just for you, you are able to grab it and understand it, as it says in verse 10. But God has revealed them to us, how? Through His Spirit. And that is very, very important. Uh, there are some things that God has put in you, that God has planned for you, that you cannot uh, fully uh, always articulate or identify through maybe like by just like taking a test. Um, that, that can certainly help. But there are some other things that are deeper deposits, and you have to be able to pray those things out. Praise God. Verse 13, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. He will teach you about tongues. He will teach you about praying out divine mysteries, and he'll teach you and unveil to you God's full plan for your life. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, here's the thing. Without knowing God's plan for your life, you're going to lack, you're going to lack uh, purpose and I have seen so many Christians who they're going through life. It's like they're wandering in life because they don't really know what their purpose is. They haven't unveiled it. They haven't prayed it out. And what happens when you're stuck in that rut, then it's going to lead to frustration. Uh, it, it's, it would be like playing a game. Of, let's uh, take, for example, the game of basketball. But what if in the game of basketball, you had no goal? <laughs> okay, so you have one team, and then here's the other team. And so you're trying to get the ball down here. They want to get the ball from you and take the ball back that direction. But what if all you were doing was just dribbling back and forth, throwing a pass to your friend? Oh, what if the other team intercepted the pass? Now they're dribbling the ball. But what if there's no goal? Well, you're going to end up getting frustrated. Why? Because there's no point to the game. This is just going to go on forever, and there's no way to win this. And that's what happens is when you don't know your purpose, when you don't know what God has planned for you and prepared for you, you're, you're just going up and down the court, running up and down the court, and you're missing the whole purpose of what God has designed your life to accomplish. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 29 and take a look at this for a moment. Proverbs 29. This is an amazing verse. I'm going to actually read it to you uh, from a few other scriptures, uh, excuse me, a few other translations as well. We're going to go to Proverbs 29, and let's go to verse 18, which is actually a very well-known verse. And it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Well, of course, if you keep the law, (laughs) you're going to be happy. If you break even natural laws like speeding, 
you're going to get tickets and you're not going to be happy. Or if you break the law and you are rob a bank, you're going to end up in a very unhappy place. So he's happy who keeps the law. But before that, it says where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Now, I want to read this to you from the Amplified Version. And this, I think, is very, very uh, fascinating. Praise the Lord. And in the Amplified, it says, where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained, but happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. The Holman Christian Standard Bible says, without revelation, people run wild. Well, you, you, can, you can understand why, because you're just like, well, what's the purpose? What am I here for? And so there is no restraint, people running wild. And the literal standard version, get ready, listen to what this one says. A people is made naked without a vision. You're made naked. Well, Pastor Stephen, there's no use. Might as well just run wild and go crazy. Who knows? Some even take their clothes off, run around, go crazy. (laughs) What's going on? They don't know uh, God's plan for their life. Or even if they are a, a believer, they're still, there's going to be an area where they cast off restraint because they don't have anything to lock them in. Praise God. So to not have a clear vision and to not pray these things out and get over into the spirit uh, means that there's a casting off of restraint. Doesn't mean that you're going to die, but it does clearly indicate that you're going to be humiliated in various types of ways. You're going to be stripped of your honor and dignity. And you know, that's not God's plan for you. Hallelujah. So we have to find out what it is that God has mapped out for us and step fully into it. You're going to have to be a man or a woman who has clearly defined goals and you know absolutely where you're going. Praise the Lord. You need to know where you belong. You need to locate it and you need to pray into it and get understanding of how to accomplish what God has called you to do in that area. Let's go over to the book of Romans chapter 11 verse 29 and take a look at the importance of discovering the gift or gifts that God has put in you. And they're in there. Trust me. They're in there. Romans chapter 11 verse 29. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Irrevocable means once God gives them, he does not change his mind or take them back. They are there and they are inside of you. Gifts, plural, and you need to find out what they are. And sometimes along with gifts, there can even be a calling, perhaps a a, a unique calling into a certain field, maybe a calling into politics maybe a calling into ministry, maybe a calling over here. Uh, So sometimes there can be a calling along with the giftings, praise the Lord. But these are things that the Holy Spirit will unveil while you're praying in tongues and these divine secrets are prayed out, praise the Lord. Everybody's got these on the inside, these gifts and so forth, but you have to make the rich discovery of them. And let me say there is no such thing as an ungifted person, Uh, not only in the church, but even in all of God's creation of his, of his uh, humanity. 
Something is, is in everybody that can be productive. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. And look and see what the Lord said there in verse 15. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. So the Lord gives talents. He gives capabilities according to your ability. Everyone has a gift and that gift, even the gift right now that is residing in you is enough to keep you going and occupied until Jesus returns. I can prove it to you. Let's go over very quickly to the gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, verse 13. So he called 10 of his servants and delivered to them 10 minas and said to them, do business for how long? Till I come. The old King James says, occupy till I come. In other words, that gifting, that talent, whatever he has placed in you is enough. It, it is such a gift that it is able to keep you going and you can keep using that and developing that, polishing that, refining that, expanding that until Jesus comes back. Woo. That's the power of what God has put on the inside of you. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> I see you occupied. Why? Because of the gifting in you. You can't let just uh, lay around, let that thing sit there. You have to develop that and use it. Praise the Lord. Now here's a powerful scripture. Proverbs chapter 18. I've always liked this verse. Proverbs 18 verse 16. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Now that's not like you're going to a party and you bring the, uh, the king a gift, say like a, a fruitcake, or maybe you brought him a cheese basket. Here, Mr. King. And he goes, oh, I tell you, that gift has really moved me. He said, from now on, you're going to stand before great people. I've never had such a, a, a platter of cheese ever presented to me like that before. No, no. The gift that's in you that is attracting attention because you've gotten really good at something. The gift that God put in you, you've polished it and you developed it, and you're into your career field. Hallelujah. It flows through the blood of your veins. Hallelujah. And you want to be the very best. That kind of gifting, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. You'll find yourself, when you excel in the gift that God has given you, you'll find yourself, develop, when you develop in that gift, it will bring you into places of even exclusivity where many people can't get into, but you can get there because God created you to stand there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm -mm. You know, I was uh, reading an article uh, of a man that owns, uh, he, he's like, doesn't own it, but he's the CEO of one of the world's most exclusive cruise lines. And so in order to get people on the cruise ship, somebody has to sell these, uh, you know, cabins on the ship. But because theirs is the upper echelon, you're talking, you know, price tags to book a cruise on that ship, price tags of like $30,000. And he said, he said, for a while, we had trouble finding qualified salesmen. 
Why? Because there's a lot, he said, there's a lot of people that they don't believe in themselves that they could talk to a wealthy person and actually sell them something. Now, see, for a very wealthy person, the people that go on those types of trips, $30,000, they make more than that in a day. So they're not sweating that. But for uh, uh, your average person off the street, they think, oh, oh, well, you know, that, you know, some people could live off that for a whole year and they, they get all worked up and they think, how could I ever talk to somebody like that? Maybe I'm talking to God. No, <laughs> no. So this, this man said, these, he said, we have taught our sales team how to believe in yourself. And that if you feel you have that sales gifting, he said, we can bring it out in a really big way. <laughs> And, and so, yeah, the, the, their ships are full. <laughs> but see, you have to have, first of all, that gift. And, and then ideally, get around somebody that can pull it out of you, and, such as he. he. He could pull it out. And he's, he's got these people selling, you know, $50,000 cruises. They, they sell cruises that last for a year where you go around the whole world real slow. And it's not unusual for a cruise like that to be uh, $80,000 or $100,000 for one person. So, you know, and he's got them booked, you know, for one or two years at sea. But you have to believe in yourself. And that comes from knowing what God put in you and developing that. And, of course, when you're a child of God and you mix that with the anointing and favor and happy is he who obeys the law, well, the things just start working in your favor uh, in a very, very, we could even say it supernatural way because the blessing is supernatural. So a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Ooh, some of you, you have no idea where you're going to end up standing because you've never thought, oh, wow. But, but look, when you pray in the spirit and pray in tongues, you'll, God will show you, he'll show you standing there. You'll see a vision of your future. And, you know, uh, there is the element of faith and patience. But it's not like uh, God knows your lifespan. God knows the time clock he's got you running on. It's not like these things are off somewhere way so far out. No, there are things this year that God wants you to step into. And as you pray these mysteries out in tongues, first of all, you're building yourself up. You're charging yourself, just like I've got a cell phone over here. I charge the phone up. When you pray in tongues, you're, you're charging yourself. Glory to God. And you're also, you're, you're unveiling God's plan for your life. The secret hidden wisdom of God, hidden from the devil, revealed to you. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Now, God did not put anybody on this earth to be a liability. Everybody was designed and created by God to be an asset especially those who are in the kingdom and redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. We see this in the book of Revelation, the, Rev the revelation of Jesus Christ. Chapter 5, verse 10, it says that God has made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Wow, doesn't sound like a liability there. Sounds like a blessing. Sounds like an asset. Sounds like a major contributor. Mm -mm. Not just somebody taking up space, breathing oxygen. <laughs> but you're here with your purpose, and you know your purpose, and you're on it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we need to pray in the, sp in the Spirit and discover the treasures that God has placed on the inside. Praise God. Well, 
Let's take a look at the, the purpose of the Lord Jesus. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. Oh, I know what it's going to say, Pastor Stephen. It's going to say that uh, Jesus was born uh, and brought into the world to be the King of Kings. Well, he is the King of Kings, but he also had a core purpose, an assignment, and he really stayed focused, and he stayed on that, and he knew what it was. And that, again, is in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, where it says in part B of that verse, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. What is your purpose? For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. <laughs> and the boy, did he ever do that. <laughs> See, when you put your trust and faith in Jesus, the enemy's ability to run roughshod over your life, it's, it's all over with. Why? Jesus won back what Adam lost. Adam was the original walker in the authority of God. He walked in the authority of God and he created, uh, excuse me, he, he did high treason against God. He sold God out and took all of that authority that God had, been, had invested in him and turned the whole thing over to Satan. So that's why Satan was given so many people, even God's people, trouble for so long. Now they had a covenant. We see that Job had a covenant. We see that the nation of Israel had a covenant. God had a covenant with Abraham. So there was protection and there was blessing uh, only for those that are in that covenant. But now in Christ, in Christ Jesus, we are blessed. And that authority now comes back to the church. And the devil doesn't have authority over you as a child of God. You have the authority now, and you can go forward in the plan that God had for you in success, in victory, doing all that God has called you to do. Praise the Lord. So that was the Lord's purpose, that he might destroy the works of the devil. They want it. Oh, they want it during his day to make him a king. And they, they were just about ready to take him away, even by force. Hey, this guy's multiplying food, and this guy's working miracles and raising dead people. We're going to have a king, and this is the one. <laughs> no, but he, he fled from that idea. Oh, yes, there will one day be what we know in the Bible as the 1,000-year reign of Christ. Some theologians like to get fancy. They call it the millennial reign. Okay, that is going to happen here on the physical earth. He will reign from Jerusalem. David will be king over all Israel, each one of the 12 apostles will be governing over each of the 12 tribes, and Jesus will rule over the entire planet. And if you want to find out more about that, you would, of course, want to study the latter uh, chapters of the book of Ezekiel because it talks a lot, probably more about the millennium than any other uh, passages in the Bible. Praise God. All right, now let's begin to wrap this up today concerning tapping into these top secret classified files. They're, they have to be top secret so that the devil can't get in there with his dirty fingers and, you know, try to uh, somehow uh, you get in there and pollute your life. No, no, he can't get in there. So you can by the Holy Spirit. So if you're wanting to capitalize on these golden tidbits of knowledge concerning the unveiling of divine mysteries. What you're going to have to do is that as you begin to receive them, you're going to have to really focus on them 
and not get uh, sidetracked with all kinds of other things. We see this in the life of Jesus with his sayings in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6 and in verse 22. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. You're going to have to keep your eyes on the task that God has given you. Keep your eyes upon the Lord and his word, and you're going to be walking in light. So I'm here to tell you that when you are walking in what God has unveiled to you, and you're praying in the spirit, and you really focus on that, you are destined to shine. How can you not? Because it says your whole body will be full of light. How can somebody look at you and see depression and see somebody that's, you know, want to just uh, gulp down some more, more pills to numb the pain? No, glory to God. Not when you're on uh, track with the Lord. Hallelujah. Praying in the spirit, powered up, ready to prophesy, ready to lay hands on the sick. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. One more scripture. We know that also that the Apostle Paul was a man that had a purpose that was divinely revealed to him by the Lord, and he stayed on that plan. He stayed on that focused purpose, and uh, got, he got done what God wanted to get done in his life, and you will too. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Let's go to verse 14. The Apostle Paul said, I press toward the goal, not the goals. One translation says, I press toward the mark. Oh, not a hundred marks. No, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So you have to identify the goal. You have to know what you're aiming at, why you're doing what you're doing, and what is going to be the end result of that. Now, yes, there is assignment. There are things that you're going to accomplish, and in the working of all of that, which requires faith, which requires, uh, you know, the fruit of your spirit, of the, fr- of the spirit to be operating in your life, where's it all leading to? What is the prize? I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Well, if I were to say what Paul's prize was, I would say he's focused, sure, on writing, you know, these letters that are anointed of the Holy Spirit. They're inspired, the infallible Word of God. Uh, but there's also, you know, he, he has an interest in what he's wanting to get towards. And I would call it in one word, I would just call it conformity. Okay, I'm back again, my friends. Thank you for your patience as... My battery ran out on my camera, and you know, I was thinking that while the battery was recharging, as we're talking today about praying out divine secrets, divine mysteries by speaking and praying in tongues, well, with the dead battery, it gave me a little time to consider 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 4. So let's conclude with that verse today, and we'll even look at it as being prophetic uh, now that the battery is all charged back up. Praise God. Now it says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who speaks, and also he who would pray in a tongue, but he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Now the basic meaning of the word edify there is to build up and to make strong. But there are several Greek scholars that say in today's uh, way of understanding this meaning, 
that the most accurate symbol or representation we would have today to understand this meaning would be the charging of a battery. Ooh, praise God. Think about that. If your battery goes down, like the battery on the camera did, then it shuts off and it's ineffective. And so it has to be charged back up. Praise God. You know what? We really do lose our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit when we don't walk in the Spirit. But when you walk with the Lord and you take time daily to speak in tongues and to pray in the Spirit, then what will happen is that you will begin to come very sensitive to the Holy Spirit and you'll catch things that you would have previously missed before. You know, I see so much sickness in the body of Christ. I see uh, difficulties in certain circumstances that would endeavor to overwhelm certain believers. But I'm telling you that if you will just pray in the Spirit every day, so much of those things get deflected off of you, and your walk with the Lord gives you the victory that you're looking for. But you know what? You have to stay charged up, and you have to build up your most holy faith praying in the Spirit. Praise God. So, now that I've got the battery charged back up, hallelujah, we need to make sure that we're always charged up and ready to go. Praise the Lord. Because you know what? We can't be drained. We can become depleted. You can, you can become depleted by pouring out. What happens? You need to go get charged back up again. There is no one, one time, one charge that will uh, you know, carry you for the rest of your life. No, it is a daily walk with the Lord. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people today that they be filled afresh with your spirit and that they keep note of that charge level. Unlike what I did of not knowing how low the battery was <laughs> on the camera. So Father, let there be a tracking of the level of the charge so that spiritually we always stay powered up. Father, we thank you that we must be hearing from you and therefore we must be walking in the spirit. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for the great journey you have for us and the great things you are unveiling. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. My friend, speak divine mysteries. Pray out uh, heavenly secrets. Woo, praise God. What an exciting thing to do, to uh, find the treasure that God's put within you, to find the plans that God made for you before the earth was created. So exciting. Praise God. This is why devotional time or prayer time or time with God is it's never boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Look, if you ever have a devotional time with the Lord and it feels a little bit dry, it maybe feels a little bit boring, then you just need to have fun with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will, will work with you and identify with you uh, concerning God's plan for your life. And there's nothing that excites you more than what excites you. And God wants to talk with you about that and uh, help you to get that structured and ordered and fulfilled, just like the way you want to see it come to pass. Praise God. You are blessed. Hallelujah. If you're watching today's program, but you don't know Jesus Christ is your only Lord and Savior, well then, my friend, you are not able to tie into this grace of the Holy Spirit of unraveling these wonderful secrets 
but it's available for anybody in Christ. If you would like to get your life right with God right now, and perhaps you've always wondered about what God's plan for your life really was, you can find out. And it, it begins today. It begins with the salvation experience. So right now, just pray this prayer after me. Pray it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died to save sinners just like me. Jesus, I repent of my sin. Come into my heart and save me now. Wash me with your precious blood and write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Lead me and guide me from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. And the Lord Jesus Christ heard that prayer. Welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. Well, let's take communion together today. And um, if you're a believer in Christ, you can take communion. Just grab a little piece of bread and some grape juice. I use these little portable cups, which are great when you're traveling or flying. Just, you know, grab a bunch of them and throw them in your suitcase or your briefcase, or wherever you want to uh, keep them at. That way you can take communion every day if you want to. Praise the Lord. So let's pray over the bread and the juice. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless the bread and the juice, and we now set it apart as holy, and we thank you that this is consecrated. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. And Father, we thank you. It still looks like a little bread wafer and still looks like some grape juice, but it's the blood veiled through the form of what would appear to be juice, and it's the flesh veiled through what would appear to be just a little bitty wafer. But we thank you, Father, we're going to receive the body and the blood of the Lord. So, Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we thank you like the Apostle Paul. We press on for that high call, for that prize, to be molded and shaped into the image of Jesus, not, not physically, but spiritually, the mature man or woman of God. We thank you for conformity into the character and nature of the Lord Jesus. And Father, we thank you that you are unveiling uh, the secrets that were written in the scrolls before we were born concerning our destinies. We thank you, Father God, for full understanding of that, and we thank you for the gift of tongues. And Father, we thank you that back in the Old Testament, they had all, all of the nine gifts except for two, tongues, and interpretation of tongues, which is distinct for the New Covenant, the New Testament church. Oh, Father, we give you praise. We thank you we receive the Lord's body now. In his name, amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. God's given you divine strategy to walk out the plan that he has for you, to do it the most effective way, to do it with wisdom. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be really good. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. And Father, even as Paul said that his desire was to be conformed into the Lord's death, we thank you that it's through that death that we experience life. It's laying down our life in the sense of, of, of areas of what we 
would be considered selfishness or things that would not be agreeable with your plan. And we embrace what you have for us because that's actually the best. Oh, Lord, it's the best. And so we have reason to be excited, to reason to, uh, to rejoice. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for making us. You said in your word in Psalm 139 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And every person is so unique. And we thank you for the gifts that you've given each one of us individually and also collectively as the church. So, Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask that if we have committed any sins, that you would forgive us. We ask that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And anybody who's done us wrong, we forgive them, and we bless them, and we keep moving on. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive together. Praise the Lord. Well, it's time to go get all charged up. Have your cell phone charged up. I'll keep my uh, camera charged up. <laughs> Tablets charged up. Computers charged up. But, most importantly, our spirits charged up. Woo! We can't live with a flat spirit. Mm-mm. Oh, glory. Too much good stuff going on. We got to be walking with God hearing from the Lord. Praise God. As we say goodbye, my friends, let me say one more time, thank you for the precious seeds that you have sown into the field of dreams. We have cleared the required quota of $50,000. Well, Pastor Stephen, I guess we should just stop. Well, if people still want to keep giving, I'd be happy to see the whole thing paid off. Praise God. And we do have to make monthly payments until it is paid off. So I would ask that you would just continue to stand with me in faith that we do see uh, the entire amount paid off in full. And I know God's well able. But thank you, my friends, for sowing into this project. And I'm praying for you, every one of you, to have your own field of dreams manifested in your life. Praise God. So thanks for watching. And I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.